This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 You're listening to Radio Kidnap as the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is the programme called Can You View. It's all about finances and it's our pleasure as always to have on the phone Nick Stewart who is the CEO of the Stewart Group right here in Hastings. How are you going Nick? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Ken. We're very much looking forward to Level 2 on Thursday morning. What do you think Level 2 is going to make... Uh, what's, it, what's going to be different immediately in the very short term with Level 2, Nick? Uh, well, look, I think that people will just get a little bit of their mojo back because, look, being, being gainfully employed doesn't mean that you're uh, making a living, but it certainly means that at least you've got some... Um, you know, things are looking up and you'll get your mana back and a little bit of mojo, and you can get back to some form of normality, which I think is really important for um, for Kiwis. Indeed. Now, they're saying that uh, there will be a new normal, and from a business point of view, that might mean for some many months to come that uh, we're either working uh, you know, with limited potential in our business, that i.e. letting customers through the door, or we're going to be doing more online stuff. How do you think that's really going to work out in real terms? I mean, this sounds good, but realistically speaking, what's it going to do for the average business holder? Well, for businesses, some of them are going to find that it is going to be quite a lag on when they get they get back to even a new normal. Um, there are others where um, businesses have actually been ticking along okay. They are in the minority. But look, I think you know the word lag is really going to become apparent because a lot of people, when they open their doors back up, um, say eight or nine on Thursday morning, there won't be a rush. It will take time to come back. People will be a little bit nervous about yes. coming out. They'll still be a little bit shell-shocked. That siege mentality will still be there. There are others that they're just not wanting to open their wallet and freely spend uh, as they did, you know, back in January, February and um, early March. So the new norm will be a slightly more frugal society. We saw this in the global financial crisis of 2008, whereby New Zealanders on average were spending more than we earned. And it was every week, every month, every quarter. And it had been had been that way um, back into the mid-1990s. And over a period of six months, New Zealanders went to being net savers for a period of time. And, you know, we started actually, you know, we were saving about, about two cents in every dollar we earned. And that was um, a phenomenal change in a very short space of time. And I think this one's going to be even more so than the global financial crisis. I think people will keep their wallets a little closed. That then has a downstream effect, particularly on businesses where the spend is discretionary. Yes, Now, indeed. I don't mean that when I say discretionary, I mean, hey, you know, should we, how many, how many lattes are you going to have each day, each week? Are you going to dine out for breakfast? Or are you just going to, you know, have some poached eggs at home? It's a lot cheaper. 
dead right. Now, today's topic for discussion, or one of them anyway, is wild, mm. the Wild West of lending. I like a good Western. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, what we've got is you've got the uh, Reserve Bank have removed the LVR restrictions, the loan-to-value uh, ratio restrictions that were placed on banks in terms of what retail banks can lend to the borrowing customer. And they've removed, or they are removing those restrictions so that people can go back to the days of uh, pre-2008 where some banks were offering loans of up to 100% against the value of the home. Mm. That's, that's got to be good news, doesn't it? Well, yeah. effectively, it's like um, dropping a whole lot of urea onto a farm and trying to stimulate some grass growth. Now, um, <clears throat> although it's a little bit more dangerous than that, on the basis that if you do allow people to borrow up to that amount, it just it's meaning that borrowers are taking on more risk. Because, you know, if you and I go out and buy something with no no money down and we've borrowed 100 cents in the dollar against that, it means that if there was a period in the short or medium term where that asset price was to drop from the dollar to, say, 85 cents, it actually means you are underwater. Yeah. So the asset is now worth less than what you owe. Sure. Although you mentioned, uh, Nick, that we might be uh, putting our hands in our pocket and keeping them there when it comes to uh, you know, buying a latte, mm. might not that be the same with housing? So even though the LVR uh, restrictions are coming off, might we not be saying, hmm, maybe I'm going to wait for six months or a year because uh, times are so uncertain? Or do you think people are going to say, wow, let's do it? I think there are those that are going to say they want to get involved and you know, get stuck in and you know, let's go and go to some open homes. Mm-hmm. Although there will be a lot where they won't have surety of employment. Um, look, let's face it, a lot of employers have been very, very open with their employees during this difficult period. Some businesses just haven't had enough revenue to even pay their fixed costs. Um, so I think some people are going to just sit back and they'll want to, well, let's face it, if you're going to go and borrow, you need to be able to repay it. You need to be able to service it. Now, those two components come down to the fact that you know, what's the surety of your employment? Yeah. And if you, you know, if that's a little un- uncertain and you've had a wage reduction or, um, you know, look, let's face it, most people have two incomes these days to support their indebtedness. Uh, that's just the um, the modern world with um, both working parents. If one of those parents um, isn't earning, it certainly makes one's appetite to go out and borrow. And let's, let's remember, you know, the purchase of a family home is typically the single largest ever investment made um, made by a by a person. So one would think that they would be a little bit cautious. And you know, you and I have spoken about this for a little bit for a little while now. Yeah. That um, you know, housing is a lag indicator, not not a lead indicator. And that's where you know negativity doesn't come out for say you know three to nine months. So, so if we think about it at the moment, a lot of people do have surety of employment because of the fact that there's a wage subsidy. But that wage subsidy is going to roll off in about two and a half to three weeks' time. Yep. And at that point, there will be, unfortunately, a lot more Kiwis um, joining the um, joining the dole, unfortunately. 
Now, we mentioned uh, in the last program, I think the one before that even, that we haven't really seen, and it could be that lag that you're talking about, we haven't really seen house prices decline. You know, some commentators were saying, oh, price is going to come down 15%. Um, but that is yet to happen. Is that because of that lag that you're talking about? Should, so should people be waiting nine months? Um, look, some people have actually accumulated a lot of cash trying to get into this market for, you know, for the last, you know, 12 to 18 months. Now, I was looking a little gra- at looking at a uh, graph a couple of days ago, and if you think about, you know, Hawke's Bay, we have one had one of the hottest property property sectors for, you know, in terms of residential property, you know, with a pretty massive increase last year of above 30%. So a lot of people have been pushed out of that market. So I think that as um, these these property prices start to cool, as, and when I say they cool, I think it's going to be where a lot of people had additional housing. So yeah. in other words, it wasn't their primary home. It might have been a rental. Um, it might The property may have been supported by them renting out a, a second dwelling on the property, and that was through Airbnb. Well, that Airbnb market is dead. So I think you're going to start to see a few people uh, release some of those assets, and and that will be really good for those that have been waiting biding their time and getting ready. But again, it comes down to the surety of employment for the borrowing that comes you know, with acquiring a home. Because not many people can go out and settle a property with no debt. No, indeed. Now, you mentioned that most people uh, these days have got two jobs to maintain their lifestyle, which is uh, probably in, in part made up just of the mortgage. So maybe in a few months' time when in- unemployment really starts to bite, that's when it's going to hit the fan, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it is. It is. And look, the government wage subsidy did, it achieved exactly what it was meant to do, and that was that people didn't, didn't join the dole queue, they remained employed with the business trying to get through to the other side, and shortly we're going to see how successful that was. Um, ultimately, well, one hopes that in the budget on Thursday that there may be some extension so that people can carry their team members to further because this doesn't look like a V-shaped recession. This looks more like a U, mm-hmm. being that it's not going to be a sharp bounce back for many businesses. It will, there will be a lag, and therefore many will not be able to carry their, all of their employees through. And just fingers crossed they can um, hold their business. And... Um, don't yeah, don't have to call on the receivers or the I mean, presuming and Paris thought that there will be more G sales, uh, mm. does that necessarily mean that prices will go down, or does it mean that investors will be able to, uh, you know, start investing again and therefore create competition so prices might hold? <laughs> hey, look, um, <clears throat> just like any asset, there's always a buyer at a price. So that uh, that exact statement will be tested in the months ahead. But one would expect that given this kind of pent-up demand for people trying to get on the housing ladder, and I mean new homeowners, one would think that there will be good buying support, coupled by the fact that those those couples that do have surety of employment and can get access to bank funding, on that basis, the cost of borrowing at the moment is, is very, very low. And therefore, with again, I keep coming back to the surety of employment, that's going to be the key. Mm. And that will support, that certainly will support the residential um, property prices. In the short term, do you think banks are going to be the friend of the mortgages or will they sooner or later say, look, this is a business? Yeah, well, look, um, you know, banks, 
banks have shareholders. Most of those, um, other than Kiwi Bank, are or and the Co-op Bank. But if we think about the you know the big Aussie banks, they all have underlying shareholders. So the shareholders don't wish for the bank that they've invested in to be uh, lending money to people or having money exposed to people where there's a potential that they're going to uh, the bank's going to take a uh, take a haircut. So eventually the banks do start moving people through the cycle, just as they did and had to do with the dairy sector, which was heavily indebted, or still is, but was particularly exposed in the mid-2000s, where a lot of people who'd been encouraged to uh, expand the farming operation or buy the neighbour were forced over time to, um, through reluctant lending, and with more restrictive lending, to actually start realising some of the assets. And one would expect that if the pain was continued, if the pain was to continue for the medium term, that one would expect that to roll through all of the sectors, just as dairy found in the mid two thousand. So, is that LVR move a good move or or not? <laughs> um, I think it is, but just those that take advantage of it need to understand that that potential lag in the property prices. So in other words, you're borrowing. I mean, the debt doesn't go down unless you repay it, whereas the asset that you are going to buy, you are exposed to the market. And as we've kept, we keep talking about the fact that property is a lag indicator, you could go out today, spend half a million dollars on a property that you find in six months' time is worth 450 And sadly, if you'd borrowed 95 to 100% of it, Therefore, you could be underwater yep. until the prices come away again or you repay some of that debt. Does that cycle apply, Nick? Do you think that, you know, we've all talked about it's a seven-year cycle, so if we if we buy a house today for half a million, it drops to $400,000 in seven mm. years' time. Do you think it's going to be back at half a million or do you think this uh, crisis is going to last a lot longer than that? <clears throat> well, look, in New Zealand, we've actually avoided a couple of those cycles within the uh, residential market. But certainly if we look at the overseas experience, um, you know, we've got, um, there's been periods in the last 20 years where countries such as Ireland, uh, Great Britain, the United States, uh, Canada have seen uh, property prices um, complete that full cycle. And it just depends on when one gets in. But look, you know, I don't think people should be speculating on residential housing. I mean, I think it's something that's a long-term investment, just the same as investing in in stocks or shares. Yes. You know, if you're in for the short term, then you are speculating. And, hey, if the cycle goes against you, then it can be very, very painful. And you can have to be in it for a long period of time. And when I think about uh, Californian property investors post-2008, and I think about um, the... Um, uh, Irish, you know, that, that was a very painful experience and they've found that after a decade, they are only now coming up to where they were all those years ago. And you want to make an analogy between uh, the weather forecaster and the market? <laughs> well, if we think about Hawke's Bay, and look, we are in the middle of a pretty pretty dire situation in terms of uh, a drought. It's incredibly dry, uh, and it's very, very difficult for people to even get their 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 stock to the works, and therefore get good pricing. Um, but you know, when I look at when I look at that, and I, I look on on social media and the farmers berate the Met Service. Well, the Met Service is, is does its best to predict rainfall, but if, if one looks at the predictions in the last two months in Hawke's Bay, well, um, 
you would bet against the Met Service forecasting rain. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, often there are some there's some neat little analogies comparing economists to um, weather forecasts. But once again, the yeah. share market has sort of been quite stable, hasn't it, in the last four or five weeks? Yes, it has. Yeah, it has. It. Um, I was looking this morning, the S&P 500, which is the um, US um, top 500 companies. So where the index was this morning is where it was on the 30th of August last year. So it's incredible. It dropped and then it bounced. But yeah, so look, I know we're in the midst of a global pandemic but the market is looking through that negative, that, that massive event, which has seen uh, Main Street extremely affected, whereas Wall Street is looking through it and is looking to the future. One may say that may be a, a very glass-half-full approach and very, very optimistic, but that's what the market does. Now, you're a financial commentator. Uh, yeah, you're often in the newspaper. People often ask you for advice. How do you think the government's handled uh, COVID-19 from, uh, well, from a, obviously an, an economy point of view? And what are we going to find that the uh, the budget maybe on Thursday might bring us? Um, well, clearly it's going to be a big, big spend, big fiscal spend because of the fact that the government knows that it needs to well, you know, I use that case of, you know, the fertiliser dropping your rear onto the farm. Well, yep. effectively, um, you know, they're going to be dropping a lot of fertiliser onto the economy to try and uh, jumpstart it and get it, get it going again because we went really hard, we went really, really early, you know, all the cliches that have been quoted. But the fact is, we now need to rebuild it. And I talked before about people being gainfully employed. Well, you know, you actually need to make a living. You know, opening your business doesn't mean you're making a living. Yep. So we really need to put the afterburners on here. And you know, I, I was looking at a um, some data that's produced by Apple, which is a thing called Apple Mobility Trend. Yes. And effectively, what it looks at, Apple are able to share on a daily basis how many people are logging in and using Apple tools, mm. such as Apple Maps, etc. And look, unfortunately, we are we are the outlier on the downside. So, in other words, our use of Apple, etc., and those tools, we are at the bottom of the Western world. Yeah. So, other countries, yeah, their use of Apple did decline, but ours really tanked. I mean, we are at the bottom. So, one would, you know, it, it, it looks the fact that we've we're winning the battle on the health side. We're losing the battle economically, so that budget on Thursday is pretty crucial. And and the messaging that's going to come through also um, within 24 hours, our Reserve Bank will be uh, giving a briefing. I think it's really, really important that we get people back on track because, yeah, look, the health pain, we've, we've avoided it, but the economic pain looks as though it's actually going to be quite vast and long-lasting, very sad to say. But we really need to try and get back on track as quickly as possible, and we need to get the needle ticking up. Obviously, you can't blame the government for what's happened because it's uh, it's global. How do you think the government's mm. going to fare coming out of this? Um, well, at the moment, you've got that kind of the euphoria of getting through. I think that as uh, as look, I think was it Bill Clinton who talked about it? Yeah, it's 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 the economy stupid. I think that was his comment. And look, it comes. It'll, it'll always come down to how people are feeling through their wallet. 
and that being their job, their um, their wealth, their um, you know general financial happiness. And and I would say that at the moment, many people haven't felt that, but that is likely coming. So look, how how will the judge? Um, how will the government be judged? It's too hard to say at this time, you know. And 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 I'm not sure if if the judgment will be in by September either, when mm. the election is on, will, will be held. Yeah, and there's a lot of talk about how innovative Kiwis are, you know, that old number mm. eight wire, and we will diversify, and some of us are going to come out uh, the, the better for it. Do you think, uh, realistically speaking, that is the case? I think some of us will come out very, very strongly, and, you know, a nation that was built as ours, um, you know, we're a very, very new nation of people that are very, you know, that kind of entrepreneurship, as you say, the number eight wire approach, it is in our DNA. Not as much as it was in the past, because you know that you know you move from that pioneering mentality and you start moving away from that. But I do think we'll bounce back. But unfortunately, there will be a lot of businesses and a lot of people that will be unfortunately left behind. Mm-hmm. This often happens when we go into a period of um, either recession or, unfortunately, I don't like to use the word all that often, but a, dep- a depression. Uh, and some people are left behind, and they will need to retrain. And their industry, for a period of time, just may not be, it might not be there. And, you know, when I think about that kind of high-end domestic travel, that's a hard sell. Just about out of time, Nick, I just wonder if you wouldn't mind giving a bit of advice out there to someone listening to this program who is either looking to invest or looking to um, maintain their investment at this point. Mm. Um, what, might, what might you say to them? Uh, I would say stick to your gun. Um, make sure that you are adequately diversified. Focus on the things that you can control, such as the costs, where your assets are allocated, and making sure that you have a reserve to get through so that if this is a dead cat bounce where we've dropped, we've bounced up a little bit, but if it drops again, make sure you have some reserves to get through because you need to take a long-term view, a long lens with this, And, you know, don't make emotional decisions that aren't backed by evidence. And if we want to come and see you or your colleagues at the Stewart Group, because we'll be back at works very shortly, uh, how do we do that? Yeah, we're at 204 Kadamu Road in Hastings, the the large black basalt stone building with a tartan logo. Otherwise, you can find us at www.stewartgroup.co.nz. As always, my pleasure, Nick. You look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place next week. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.